Hello, folks. This is your host, Ellie Tascari, welcoming you to Faith Uncensored. Today, you will hear stories of real people who step by faith into the footprints of Jesus. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to our show. How are you hey. doing? <laughs> How are you doing, everybody? Uh, I have here a guest. Uh, a very good friend, Jeremy Allspall. You got it right. Okay, I you said got it right. right. <laughs> it took to. her a few times practice before uh, we started the recording. So Yeah, it's also spelled in a different way. That um, is true. Jeremy Allspall. Yes. Okay. It's part German, part Irish. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. So I, I know some German, but no, nothing Irish <laughs> like uh, the original language. Well, I don't wear a kilt or anything. So. Okay, That's good. <laughs> So how you been doing? I've been doing good. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Good. Yeah. Yes. Been tired recently. Been working a lot on this podcast to get it ready. Yeah. Plus, I hear you have a slave driving boss that, you know, always making you teach singing lessons. Don't start me talking about my boss. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so for you guys who I'm don't know. <laughs> yes. He's my boss. Jeremy's my boss. And yeah. uh, uh, he, he's been my friend for a I don't a long really time. like to think of myself as a boss, though. Yeah. He's actually a good, good boss. Yeah. So uh, we have this uh, friendship, too. <laughs> With exactly. Him and his wife Colette. Yeah. And that was supposed to be here, but she's not. So she's working too. She's working. Always working. Yeah, I know you guys are. Yeah. What? Don't want to say workaholic, but you work a lot. <laughs> no, you. That's pretty much an accurate description. Okay. We are kind of workaholics. Okay, so you like it. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, all of the work always has purpose, and as long as work has purpose, um, there's it's really not really work, you know. Exactly. That's why I, w I didn't want to say workaholic uh -huh. because right. who are you? Why? Why am I interviewing you? Yeah, I, think I don't know why you're interviewing me, but it's good <laughs> to be here. <laughs> okay, so uh, give me give a, a listener some yeah, information sure. about yourself, something interesting. Yeah, well, um, like like she said, my name is Jeremy Alspaul, and um, for those of you who might uh, live in the Richmond area of uh, Richmond, Texas, or Sugarland, Texas, maybe better known as, um, I own a little company called Iron Cross Gymnastics and Dance, and now recently music as well. Mm -hmm. uh, martial arts is on the way. So uh, in a nutshell, we are a, um, a children's, kind of a ministry really, uh, where we use activities like gymnastics, uh, music, dance. Uh, martial arts and many, many other things to come in the long-term plan mm -hmm. uh, to better people's lives, uh, to um, just pour in positivity, encouragement, love, and really set them on a path of um, structure and discipline and showing each kid that no matter how big their dream is, it's achievable. Mm -hmm. um, teaching them how to make uh, short-term goals and how to reach those goals and how short-term goals add up. They really add up fast to become long-term big big goals um, and how over time, you know, you, you, can, um, you can have a big dream and you can go for it and it can happen. And, um, you know, we're here to, to light the way for that and support these kids. And um, 
in gymnastics, most recently, uh, we've had many kids in the last couple of years that we've been able to help get scholarships to mm. uh, Division uh, One schools, and they're oh. off doing NCAA gymnastics, uh, which is what their dream was for many, many years prior to the, it becoming a reality. Oh, and wow. now we have ki- kids competing collegially in that sport. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, we're raising musicians now and uh, dancers, and yes. it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, wow, wow. And uh, so I, I'm involved with uh, Jeremy because he hired me to be uh, the vocal coach of That's this right. uh, new branch of the school that he has opened mm-hmm. because of COVID. Yeah. This is what I, well, yeah. we, we always wanted to open it. But COVID, you know, everybody, um, as, as bad as COVID has been, and it has been bad, and I, my heart has broken for so many friends of mine who own businesses that I've watched some of them have to uh, literally uh, shut their businesses down. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm watching people that I've known for years that have had very successful businesses really struggling to pick up the pieces of the damage that, that uh, COVID has caused. Um, but there's always silver linings and there's always opportunity in every situation if you're willing to look for it. And the opportunity that we tried to, to find was we needed to have a new market. COVID did the damage it did and people had to all of a sudden, they were forced to, uh, their hands were forced to really assess what is the risk factor that is acceptable for their family. Everybody has different situations and there's many people that I know that have elderly people living with them or that are they're around all the time. Um, there's people that have pre-existing health problems that are more susceptible to um, a very bad outcome if they were to get COVID. Mm-hmm. And with all of the different risk factors, you know, as much as people loved coming to um, our, our gym and training gymnastics and music, or not music at that time, but gymnastics and dance, um, you know, the risk just wasn't worth for many people mm-hmm. uh, what, you know, what the reward could be. It just wasn't worth it. And mm-hmm. what we had to do is we had to sit down and really figure out, okay, what long-term plans do we have uh, that we need to start implementing now so that we can bring in new people um, uh, to our business, literally to save our business, um, literally to where were we at the point where, uh, we were, we're treading water every day. And, yeah. um, and music has always been a dream of mine. It's a passion of mine personally. I've, I'm a piano player, been playing for, you know, 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely love it. And there's nothing better than when you can make your business, your passion. You know yes. what I mean? There's yes. nothing. So, Uh, going back in my history, uh, when I was in junior high and high school, I did gymnastics. I really loved it. And once again, my passion became my livelihood. Um, Uh and because I'm multifaceted, I'm not, I'm not one dimensional at all. I've got a lot of passions and a lot of things that I do in life. Um, music was a natural, uh, uh, thing for me to Mm -hmm. want to now once again, pass on to, to the, to the youth Uh and uh, my piano teacher, uh, who in, unfortunately in 2017, uh, she died of cancer, terminal cancer, mm-hmm. but she would be so proud, man. If she knew that I yes. literally was now raising generations, teaching some of the lessons that she taught me, yes. she would be so proud. I mean, her name was Lana Bristow in case many of you guys out there might know her. If you've ever taken music in the Sugarland Richmond area, um, she taught many, many students, uh, over the last you know, 20, 30 years. And mm. uh, she was an incredible person. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned her more than once. And uh, because, because just like, just really... like, um, just like we try to mentor mm. children, we, we, we're not just their coaches. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're their coaches, but we're also their leaders. We're yes. their teachers. Mm-hmm. We're their mentors. We're their friends. We're their authoritarians. Like, 
you have to be so many different things. You have to wear yes. so many different hats mm-hmm. in order to raise a child. Definitely. And mm-hmm. when you spend the kind of time that we spend with these kids, you know, in training high level sports, we will spend 30 plus hours a week with some of these kids that have dreams of being collegiate or even Olympians. Yes. And when yes. you when you start talking that kind of time that you spend with a child to help them grow and, and help them chase their dreams, you're not just one thing. Yes. Just like a parent, a parent's never just one thing. Mm-hmm. A parent is many things. A parent is the love and the support and the structure and also the disciplinarian and also the teacher and, you know, also the authoritarian as well. And mm-hmm. a, a parent wears so many different hats. Um, so does an, a great coach. A great coach mm-hmm. wears so many different hats because we're not here just to coach. We're here to lead. We're here to mentor. We're here to really raise these kids because the the, the truth of the matter is any student that you have, whether in a, in a long-term situation that you may start at three, four, five years old, um, you want to have that student through adolescence and through young teenage and even young adulthood. So you have to think about the long-term game. And the long-term mm. game is how, how, how you start a student is not how you end up teaching a student long-term because they change. They change. They, they just grow they, up. They grow. <laughs> they grow. And you have yeah, to grow yeah. with them. A great coach, a great teacher, a mm-hmm, great mentor mm-hmm. grows and evolves with their student. Yes. And becomes um, what they need. I'm so impressed because I'm meeting a lot of kids now that I'm working at, at mm. the school as well. And uh, and they come there and they they work with you and yeah. with your team for five hours a day. Yeah. yeah. And they're hardworking cool, yeah. kids. They do that. And, and these kids also get straight A's in school. A lot of them, because of the fact that they are, um, they're training so high level and it, and it requires just four to five hours of training per day. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are doing the homeschool program yes. where they go online through Texas Connections, which is like HISD's version mm-hmm. of homeschool. And it's a great program. It's becoming more and more popular these days, especially as we've made this pivot to this online world ever since COVID happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people are realizing like, you know what? Um, my kid can still get a great education online. Yes. Um, and Texas mm-hmm. Connections is just one example of uh, of a organization that really has. Yeah, it. there are many. They have yeah. it together. Mm-hmm. And uh, but these kids are, you know, they're getting straight A's in school. They're they're managing themselves I mean, they basically. Just are already, um, you know, high level in everything they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think that when you as, at a young age, when you when you are are doing a high caliber sport that requires so much time, commitment, and sacrifice. It also requires so much discipline. It requires making your body Mm -hmm. physically strong. It requires making your mind mentally strong. And whenever you have a physically strong and a mentally strong body, you have to have one more thing. And that is you have to be spiritually strong. You have to have faith in not just yourself, but in something bigger than you, God, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Um, To know that you're going to get through these challenges that are going to happen Mm-hmm. training in, in such a, in a high caliber way. And so we teach our kids, you have to be mentally tough. You have to be f- uh, physically tough and you have to be spiritually tough. Mm-hmm. So amazing. Yeah. And, wow. and, and so, you know, as you getting to teach some of these high level athletes yes. that are doing music, you're seeing like when you have a kid that is yes. so used to discipline yeah. and structure, so committed. so committed, they're in it to win it, man. Yes. Yes. It transfers to every I, area I, of their life. I see them. You it transfers know? to every area. And they, they, they won't stop until they get it right. No. And I, I, I look the tenacity that they yeah, have. It's pretty neat. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. I've never seen kids like this, but yeah. I think the environment that they're in and they've yeah. been with you. So many kids have been with you yeah. for many years. Oh man. So many years. Not they just don't when, 
come and go. You when know, we started our business, um, 2000, 2007, mm. December 3rd, 2007, the first day we ever went in business, we already on day one had several hundred students. Wow. Because of the fact that I have been training kids prior to opening that business for 10 years, committed 10 years of my young adult life. Okay. You had a, you had a good reputation. Prior to, and I had, <laughs> I had a good reputation. Um, I was well-known, well-liked. I'm, I'm known as a people. People look at me as a very consistent person. That was one of the reasons I was always so sought out as a mentor and a coach was because I was very consistent. Um, I knew that the one thing you had to do and get it right at, you cannot mess up at this. You have to be consistent in your character every single day of your life when mm. you choose to live a life like I've chosen where I'm basically giving my life to kids, to the development and mentorship of children. Wow. You have to be consistent. You cannot be inconsistent in your character. You guys see that I have a good job here, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, I'm proud of it personally. Yes, yes you know? I can tell. You, you have to be consistent because here's the deal. The number one thing that every kid that needs in a, an amazing coach mentorship type relationship, they need trust. You cannot win a, a kid's trust. And you know what? For that on, you can't even win a person's trust mm -hmm. if you're inconsistent in the way that you treat them. You can't be inconsistent in your character. You can't have really good days where, hey, man, everything is great. And then for no reason whatsoever, just be in a cranky mood the next time you okay, work with them. Or, let me tell you something. Yesterday, I came home from work. Mm. And I go, I tell my husband, I can't believe that Jeremy guy, he's always <laughs> smiling. <laughs> I could tell that you were tired. So it was like 8 p.m. I was leaving and getting all my stuff. Yeah. And I say, hey, bye, Jeremy. See you tomorrow. And you, you said, bye-bye. See you tomorrow. Yeah. With a smile. And I could see that you were tired. Yeah, sure. But you weren't like serious or anything. No. So and I was like, how does... How does, how do you do it? How can, yeah. how do you do it? How can my you mom taught me something when I was really young and I don't know, you know how there's just every once in a while, something, someone might say something to you and it just sticks. Like it just really sticks. She told mm -hmm. me that, and I'm sure, I'm sure this is a quote somewhere. Um, she said that it is not your aptitude, uh, but your attitude that determines your altitude. Mm. And that always stuck. It always stuck. Say that I was again. pretty. Say that again. It's not your aptitude, mm -hmm. but your attitude that determines your altitude. Ah. And uh, so I don't know. I was a little kid. I don't. I don't even think I really got that at the time. But it's just one of those things that stuck, uh -huh. and and it made me want to get it. it. Made me want to understand it. And over time, as I got a little bit older, I really started to get that. You know what? It's not necessarily how smart. I am, or by measured smartness, what grades I get, that's going to determine my success in life. It's my attitude. Yes. It's having a consistently good, positive attitude where you can sit there and you can deal with all of the negative things that life may have or throw at you. And you have to have a good attitude through whatever that is. We, mm -hmm. we all have good and bad days and we can't always control our circumstances. We can't always control our situation, but we do have a choice on the attitude that we have through the circumstances that we mm -hmm. that were dealt with. And I have found more often than not in my life that when I choose, because it is a choice, mm -hmm. when you choose to have a good attitude through whatever you're dealing with, those people who consistently do that somehow always find a way to succeed. They do. They do. It's just it's just a truth. Yes, it is a it truth. It is a truth. It's so true. And I think it's, it's because so when we have a good attitude, through whatever we're, we're going through, whatever we're dealt, we don't victimize ourselves. Oh, yes. And 
you Reach know, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the truth. You yes. look here. Here's the bottom line. I feel sorry for a lot of people that have been dealt some crappy hands, right? Mm-hmm. But I will never victimize them. Yes, I will never victimize them because the truth is, is I'm not going to ever see somebody else as a victim because I don't want them to ever see themselves as a victim. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily because they're they may not be. They may be a victim of some crappy circumstance yes. or some dis- bad situation they've been dealt. Like that's not their fault. But you just. If you victimize yourself, if you see yourself as a victim, poor me, these crappy circumstances I've been given, it's not fair, life's not fair, all that stuff. If you get stuck in that little Mm -hmm. mindset, and it is a little mindset. You will be... You're going to be stuck for a long time. you will be victim. You're never going to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. You never... I I have known so many people that unfortunately, because you have to make good choices and also who you're, you're around. Mm-hmm. I was told one time, and it was great advice by somebody I respect very highly, that you will become, over time, the average of the top five people you choose to put yourself around in your life. Mm. And so in taking that seriously, because the person that told it to me was somebody I respected very much, I started making really very specific choices in the people I spent the most time with. And I really, I wanted to make sure that my circle of five people mm-hmm. were people that I looked at and respected above me. I wanted to be like these people so that if I'm going to become the average of any of my circle, mm-hmm. then that average is going to have a really, really high standard because of the people that I'm around. And so I'm very specific in who I spend my time with and who I'm around because I don't like to deal in negativity. I don't like to deal in victimization. Mm-hmm. I don't like to deal in people that complain all the time and feel bad for themselves. Like, you know, come on, man. So, so let me understand. You're more... You're also a life coach because I'm hearing <laughs> all true. these things. And uh, once and I, I see myself that way too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a coach, of, uh, a 360 coach. Yes, yes. You know? That's actually. But because coach, you are a coach, and then of course you will have your ex- you you're gonna be excellent in some branches of your of your life. But then it doesn't mean you know you're a coach. Period. God you know? requires excellence in our yeah. work. What about God? Tell me something. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me something because because you mentioned you got to be strong in your spirit mm-hmm. and that uh in your spirit so it's not in your soul it's in your spirit what's that what yeah tell me more <laughs> so i mean look it's like anything else in life right uh if you are going to be a healthy person right which there is a correlation between your health and also your success in life um unhealthy people have a hard time finding success Because the truth is, is the way that you feel internally on a day-to-day basis kind of affects the choices that you make. It affects the motivation levels Mm -hmm. you have. It affects the attitude that you portray. Um, So I try to to do my part to be very healthy. I'm very conscious Mm -hmm. about what I put in my body. Um, Colette and I, my wife Colette, my beautiful wife, we have a, um, we have kind of a motto at the house. Um, We like to eat life. In other words, like if the thing, the foods that we eat, they have life to them. They are organic foods. They're something that has grown in the ground or they were a living being at one time. Like we eat life. We do not like to eat dead stuff. Yeah. Things that um, haven't been processed. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. This is such a good so, yeah, mentality. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's get back to God, right? Yeah. God's number one. Um, because you have a, this is um, Iron Cross, Iron Cross. Yeah. Iron it's Cross. That's the name of our company. And uh, the reason, the reason that we, that we came up with that name is because number one, we started off as a, 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 a one service company, which was we did children's gymnastics, right? That was mm-hmm. the first thing we ever did. Now we do many things. 
but that was the first thing, right? And the goal was always to have a ministry through whatever service we provided. So like gymnastics is the tool that we mm-hmm. use for our greater purpose, which is a ministry of love. Basically, mm-hmm. it is, that's the easiest way I can say it. Gymnastics is a tool. Music is a tool. Um, dance is now a tool for our ministry of love. We pour love into children. We pour love into the lives of other people and their families. And our business is solely based on, and its success is based on the fact that we care so much about genuine relationships. Mm -hmm. Every people that come, every child that comes in the door, every mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, siblings, et cetera, we care very much about developing sincere and genuine relationships because we want to be a part of these people's lives in any way we can and help them and serve them for a very, very long time to come. Mm. Um, God's number one. He's number one for me in my life. Um, I am the kind of person who I do not take, I do not take, um, I will not believe something just because you say it, right? I'm mm-hmm. not that kind of person. I am not a, I'm not somebody who believes in God and has basically committed his whole life to putting God first in my life because of the fact that I grew up going to a few churches and yeah. I, I listened to some sermons, et cetera. You. Someone yeah. said, you better read your Bible. You better believe in God or you're going to go mm-hmm. to hell. And you know, I no, that's not why I believe in God. I believe in God because after going to church, and seeing a lot of hypocrisy, seeing a lot of people who would would give me, you know, you need to straighten up, you need to have a better, you need to pray more, you need to read your Bible more. Um, yeah, but these people were drinking, doing drugs, and I mean, I I watched so much hypocrisy hmm. uh, growing up from people that would tell me to live one way, and then they would completely live the opposite, and you could see uh-huh. it, like you could see it. It wasn't even yeah. hidden. They weren't even trying to hide it. Oh my, <laughs> like just ridiculous stuff, right? Um, I believe in God and I put God first in my life because I have spent my entire life since my early teenage years really searching for him. Mm. And yes, that's through reading the Bible. Yes, that's through prayer. Yes, that's through seeking counsel, wise counsel from people who know a whole lot more than me and I've done it. And at the end of the day, what I keep finding over and over in my life, and by the way, this journey for me is not over. It will not be over until the day that I leave this earth. Like I will be seeking God and all that he has for me until the day that I leave this earth. Wow. Um, my journey is not ever going to end. And that's the truth. Because the truth is, is the most important question we could ever answer in this world is, is there a God? Yeah. For me, that answer is yes, it is. And, um, hmm. and if there is a God, which I believe 100% there is through my own experiences and through uh, my, my searching for the last 20 something years and will continue to, um, if there is a God, does he love me? Is he involved in what is his purpose for Mm. my life? Why am I here? Why am I here? Yeah. I do not believe God created us because we're his little chessboard and he's just moving the pieces around for fun. Yeah. I don't believe in that. I don't believe we're his entertainment. I don't believe God wanted to make a movie. And so, boom! Here, <laughs> here we go. We're we're in the movie show, of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Be, I, show, yeah. I believe God created us because love is probably the most important thing that exists. Mm-hmm. And God is love, right? God is love. God is love, and the way that we understand love, fathom love, see love, is not even close to what love actually is. I believe love is so powerful; it's probably the force that completely keeps the universe together. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just one little aspect of what it can do. Like that's how powerful love really is, yes. right? So I believe God 
created us through love, because of love, and we're supposed to love each other. And I believe that there is a great beauty and a great purpose in all of this, and we all play a role in it. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's greater than us, in any one of us. Mm. With that being said, I believe that we are all created to do great things. Yeah. Nobody was created to do anything minor. No. And you know nobody was created to go to hell. No. No. Nobody. Uh, that's and and there are so many people that believe there's so many people believe that you know i i either don't have a purpose or you know my purpose is some minuscule purpose compared to like what mother teresa did yeah yeah and the truth is is that we all were created to be like a mother teresa yeah every single one of us and there's no role too small or too large because every single part of god's plan is perfect mm-hmm. um I watched a, a documentary on Netflix very recently uh, uh, about the afterlife. Mm. And there's just oh, been yeah, so, so many studies on so many different aspects of near-death experiences and so much research on it. And this one lady in the show uh, could not understand why her son was taken from her. Just he was a teenager. Mm. It was really young, horrible accident kind of thing. And... Um, she just couldn't understand it in her dream. Um, you know, basically God came to her or an angel came to her, I think is what she said in the dream. And she basically asked the question, you know, why did you take my son? How could that be love? You know, how, why, why did you do this kind of thing? And the answer that she got from the angel or the spirit or God or whoever that she saw in the dream was that there's beauty in everything. Wow. And I thought, you know, that's so profound mm. because it's just that, it, that is a description, a perfect description of God and everything he's created. There's beauty in everything. There's beauty in sorrow. Wow. There's beauty in tragedy. There's beauty in death. There's beauty literally in everything. Yeah. But we need to open our eyes because mm-hmm. the truth is, is too many of us live with our eyes closed. Yeah. We're walking around blind. Mm-hmm. It's like Jesus said, blind. And now, now you can see, right? Yeah. We're, we live in a world 2021 of all this technology, all these, these yeah. cool gadgets and, and uh, wizardry basically. Right. Compared to like our what somebody is busy looking at things that <laughs> we're are distracted, us. we're yeah. distracted, living in ADHD land all the time. We don't see anything. Yeah. We don't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And we need to open our eyes. Mm. So, yeah. Um, God, God's the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was young, I had a supernatural experience. I was mm. about 20 years old and, um, long story short, I'll try to tell it the best I can. Um, I was a, arrogant, naive young man, um, who, you know, basically felt entitled to God doing something profound for him, or I'm just going (laughs) to walk away from the faith, right? Yeah. Having a little attitude. Long story short, I was in love dating this girl, thought things were great. You know, I was the kind of guy that was always all in. So you give me a girlfriend, I'm like, let's get married, right? (laughs) You know, I'm all in, I'm all in. And, um, Anyway, so uh, basically this girl broke up with me and uh, I think there were some other things that may have been going on, minor stuff, but seemed big at the time. All together, yeah. Right, all together kind of was a big deal. And so I went in my room and I closed my eyes and I just laid on the bed, man, and I just started cussing at God, screaming at God. Man, I like the whole time I had my eyes closed, never opened my eyes once. And I mean... Ellie, this conversation went on forever. I am just giving God, it was a monologue. (laughs) I'm giving God a piece of my mind. I am pissed. I am angry. I'm cussing him out. I'm letting him know 
that you know who's really the boss yeah, like in charge i'm now. in control of my life <laughs> you know i don't need you all that this conversation goes on for at least an hour and finally i did the one thing you're never supposed to do at the end of it i gave god an ultimatum yeah and i said <laughs> i said if you do not show up right now in a way that i truly will believe it's you if you don't give me a sign i'm walking away when i open my eyes and i'm done with you so and, you you cuss him for an hour. Oh, for at least an hour. And now you expect. And now I expect him to do me a favor. To, exactly. Yeah. Absurd, you know. <laughs> he loved uh, me so much, though he did. Uh, so yeah, right. Uh, uh, didn't deserve it. Certainly wasn't entitled to it. But he loved me so much that he did. So after giving them this ultimatum, and remember, I still haven't even opened my eyes yet. Been cussing and screaming and ranting for over an hour. And finally, I say last final words. If you don't show up in my life right now, if you don't give me a sign, if I don't know it's you right now, I'm done. I'm walking away. You will never, ever see me again. See me again. <laughs> I will not be a part of your Sorry. story kind of thing. I know. it's. I'm out. <laughs> you won't see me again. <laughs> Ellie, at that exact moment, still haven't even opened my eyes. I had never felt anything come over me the way I felt. It was like a wave of love. It was this perfect state of being. Every nerve ending in my body felt like it was tingling and prickly and it was just this surge of energy and electricity and I can't even describe it it was just amazing it, it just came over my whole body I mean I'm tingling I still haven't opened my eyes yet but the feeling the the feeling that I got it literally felt like I was floating off the bed wow. I, I I literally I don't know that I don't think I was but it felt like that like I literally felt like I was floating and it was the most indescribable feeling that with literally every pore in my skin, every nerve in my body felt all simultaneously at the same time. There is no drug that creates this. I wasn't on drugs either. Like it was just this euphoric, unbelievable thing. And after probably five or six, seven minutes of just being in this euphoric state, and I'm just, and at this point, I am, my eyes are closed. I am smiling. I had this like grin from cheek to cheek. Like it was just unbelievable. Like I, like God, man, I'm, I'm so sorry for ever doubting you kind of thing. Right. Wow. But it, it gets better. It gets better. So the moment that I decided to open my eyes, I opened my eyes and I looked straight in front of me. And in my bedroom, there was a glass door that led to a study straight in front of the bed. I'd been laying on the bed for at least an hour. The moment that I opened my eyes, the reflection off of the glass door that was directly in front of me was a full bright lit cross from, from end to end. Oh. It was the most beautiful cross, bright lit, most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. Amazing. And I'm still tingling. I'm still euphoric. And I'm just looking at this cross and it, it literally does not go away until I decide to make the decision to like stand up and get off the bed. It stays there the entire time. I don't remember how long it was, but finally when I decided like, God, I will never doubt you again. And I haven't since that day. Not one day have I doubted the existence of God. I've doubted myself. I've had my, you know, human days, but I've never doubted the existence of God mm. since that day. And, um, and then of course, being a young, naive kid, just the way we are, like we are just human beings and we cannot help it. I cannot tell you how many weeks I tried to angle every light off the ceiling fan uh, you know, bring in flashlight. I tried to replicate that cross <laughs> a million times because it had never been there before, uh, ever. 
and it never came back again. There was nothing I could do. There was no light. There was no angle mm. I could change the fan. It mm. it didn't make the cross because you know what? It never made the cross in the first place. The reason that cross was there is because God showed up in my life wow. in a supernatural way when I needed him the most. Wow. And I'll never forget it. Oh, like I'll never forget that. Oh. And it changed me. Like, you know, I think everybody has... Mm-mm-mm has moments in their life, defining moments. Yes. And whatever happens in that moment puts you on a new trajectory. Well, that was certainly a moment that put me on a new tra- tra- trajectory because I became very serious about my faith after that moment. Like I really started searching and beyond searching, I really started trying to figure out what I could do to serve. Like how yes. can I serve you, God? Mm-hmm. Because I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of your story. I want to be a part of your perfect picture. Mm-hmm. I want, I want to be worthy, mm-hmm. you know, and at the end of the day, you know what? I don't know. We'll, we'll never be worthy enough, mm-hmm. but that's what love is. Yes. We're in, it's not about being worthy. It's not about if we deserve it. No. He just loves he us. He paid it all. And so yeah. now we are worthy. Yeah. And so now we deserve yeah. it. Yeah. The greatest story of all time. Mm. The greatest story of all time. And, and do you know who you Ross is? Mm-mm. Okay. You Ross, uh, I don't know him personally, but um, I've read many of his books. I've watched many of his documentaries and and uh, YouTube videos and um, his online um, stuff. It's reasonstobelieve.org and all that. Um, you Ross is this astrophysicist. Uh huh. Okay, I think I know about him. But yeah. go ahead. Yeah. He's this astrophysicist, and um, he was an atheist early on because he was just one of those kids that was so smart, reading every book. And he was under the guise of science, like science is, is the it all be all, right? Why, mm-hmm. do, why do we need God if we have science, uh, a yeah. way to explain things kind of thing? And so finally, in his early 20s, he said, you know what? I'm this really smart astrophysicist, PhD guy. Um, I'm going to go ahead and probably spend a couple of years just debunking all the religions because, uh, you know, it needs to be done, right? <laughs> all, these, all these crazy people need to know, like, it's easy to debunk your religion. And so he started off with like the Muslim religion and he went on to like Hinduism and uh, he, he basically saved Christianity for last because it seems yeah. like it's the one that is the most uh, controversial in this day and age. Right. And uh, so anyway, so he went through and, and basically he debunked every world major religion. Then he gets to Christianity and he gets in there and he starts reading doing his research and he starts to realize pretty early on that not only can he not debunk anything that's being said Mm. in the Bible. But actually, the Bible has some really, really amazing facts that also has a lot of archaeological proof that he's done the research on. And he literally, by the end of his two-year journey trying to debunk Christianity, became a Christian, full-believing Christian. And in his early 20s, has decided now, now he's like in his 60s, he's given the rest of his life to helping people come to Christ because he he came to Christ through his research of trying to debunk the Christian faith was, so, so many years ago. I was trying to look it up on my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Is this the guy that wrote, um, I have too much faith to be an atheist? No, I don't no. think that was you, okay, Ross. Okay, okay, Yeah, because... You, yeah. Ro- you, Ross, has written all the books about, like, um, faith in the cosmos and stuff like mm. that. I need to look them up. But um, anyway, uh, th- this is mm. the... the, the the nutshell version of how he debunked the other religions and how he couldn't debunk Christianity. Mm -hmm. Every other religion other than Christianity through their own text and through their own um, historical documents basically states that they have a God that's working 
that's part of the three-dimensional universe of time, space, and matter. That's the guy that wrote the book that I'm reading. Every, every single one of time, these religions were debunked because their God was required to be a part of our three-dimensional universe. It didn't work. Mathematically, it didn't work. You can be part of them. Right. Yeah. And when he got to Christianity, what he realized was this God, our God, is a God that works outside of time and space and matter. And that's what's so interesting about the Christian faith is that we, our God is the creator of all. So, of course, he's not in time and space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He created time and space. Yes. Every other religion has a God that is within, within the already, that what had, within something that must have already had to been created. Yeah. And that's why it's so easy to debunk. I am just reading a book about it. That's why mm. I was like, come on, is it? No. So the book that I'm reading is I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Mm. And it's written by um, Norman, 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 Norman Gessler and Frank Turek. Yeah. Anyways, I've heard of that book. I haven't read yeah, it. Yeah. It's a good book. It's <laughs> very good. But it talks about this as well. Yeah. 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 And I think I heard an interview of this, uh, Euros, you said? Euros. Euros. Yes. I think I heard at one of his interviews yeah. that he was like, if you if your God is within time, space, and matter, it means that he's he not a God. He's not the creator <laughs> of time, space, and matter. Exactly. Because where would you put the space? Exactly. You put it in time mm-hmm. and the matter. It's all connected. Yes. So, and uh, so if he. If he didn't create, if it's within time, he's not the creator. So we're going to look for the guy who created to worship him, you know, to call 100%. that guy God. You That's know? exactly right. And uh, so it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because Genesis 1 it says in the beginning, mm-hmm. God created. So it started a beginning, starting a point in time. No. In a point of eternity, right. he said zero. Right. Before right. there was no zero, you know, zero right. and one, two, three, four, five, you know, seconds right. started. Right. And time began. Yeah. So, well, you, you open uh, this a is Pandora's one of box. yes, because one of <laughs> this is one of my favorite topics. Yeah, you know, talking yeah. about this well, thing. when when you start to fathom mm-hmm. the the God that we serve, it's yes. it's just too much. Can you imagine the God that created all the galaxies it, and the planets and the stars and Andromeda and the Milky Way and Mars and and He's coming much. at you and saying, "I want to be your friend." And by the way, I'm your father. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's you know, by like the way, like I said, it's it's I'm your <laughs> parent, you know. But I, so. you know, I'll spend the rest of my life seeking him. Yeah, I'll spend the rest of my life seeking him. Yeah, um, and, and and trying to become closer to him, trying to learn more about him. Yeah, uh, it's it's you know, God gives my life purpose. Mm-hmm. You said something that uh, I wrote down, serve, because yeah. um, you talk, you were talking about serving. And I have um, this great feeling and I thought about you like a, a, the mm. perfect servant, hmm. you know, because you have, I think you have that kind of heart, the yeah. heart of a servant. You know, you, yeah. you don't have a heart that I want to teach you. I want to mentor you. You know, yeah. though you are a mentor, but you, you, the, the final purpose in your mind is to help you, to serve yes. you, to, to lift you up to, so, so you can grow and become the person God has created you to be. I truly and, believe that the best way to lead others is to serve others. Yeah. And it's basically the model that Jesus created. Um, you know, Jesus literally washed the feet of his disciples. And he's God created the galaxy again, stars. Same guy. Every same petal guy. in every flower. Same every guy. Every bee, same guy. And he washed the feet of his disciples. Bees and bugs and... 
created yeah. them lions and birds and yeah. seas and oceans. And he goes there and he washes. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. It's crazy. It's all these stupid disciples because then they were asking very stupid questions. Who's the greatest between us? Mm. Jesus, is it you? Call me, Peter. <laughs> you know, uh, they were very um, childish and they... I'm assuming they were also very young with the yeah. frontal lobe now really developed because they were asking very silly questions. So, um, and he's washing their feet, yeah. humbling himself. You know, yeah. the Bible said hum- that he died humbleness and humility. of the the most horrible death. Mm-hmm. He was hanged to the cross naked. Yeah. Naked. I mean, I watched a, God uh, of the universe. a program one time that went through the, uh, the torture and what it would be like to be crucified, uh, the crucifixion of Jesus. And it is, it was the most God awful thing anybody could ever imagine. And, you know, when I think about God's perfect plan, it really kind of had to be right because he literally was paying the penalty for every human being of all time, not just the human beings of his time, but the human beings of all time time, the human beings of the time before him, Old Testament, to the human beings that will live in the future ahead of our past, time. Yeah, past, past, present, and future. All, all time. So yeah, it it was probably the most torturous thing that you could yeah. ever imagine. And then you still couldn't imagine it. No. You and still couldn't still imagine it. still went through it knowingly, knowing that, you know, you know. What gets me is, is when I talk about like love, right? I think about him on the cross and I think about him saying, forgive them. Like he literally was saying forgive these people for what they're doing they don't get it forgive Mm -hmm. them they don't they they do not know what they do forgive them wow yeah yeah and i and i gotta think like in today's age bottomless love how much his heart's got to be breaking because you know this world it's getting scary Mm. it's getting scary and i i don't want to get in here and offend anybody by getting political or anything like that so we're not going to do that we are uncensored by the way yeah well that is good to know (laughs) that's good to know so you're saying it's okay to offend people uncensored (laughs) but i do have to under like i don't understand how in this day and age how can how can you identify yourself as a christian and be for abortion Uh, i I don't know i don't get it and i'm not saying this because i want to offend anybody i'm not saying this because i judge anybody yeah yeah but i really just don't understand because we now mm-hmm. know and i'm going to tell you something like i used to when i was much younger i used to believe that a woman had a right to do what she needed to do for her body like she had mm-hmm. a right to choose yeah but that was because at that time i did not understand the idea of conception i yes. did not understand that from the moment of conception that is when life is actually created yes i i too struggled I, I when I was younger, I yeah. thought it was tissue, and you know, I didn't, cells. I didn't get it, <clears throat> I didn't get it. Yeah. And now that I'm older, and I've seen pictures, and I've been taken through um, the how early on a baby is conceived, from the moment of conception to when they start to develop, just weeks into it, how they have little hands and fingers and toes and a heartbeat and a head and a brain. I do not understand. How you can identify yourself as a Christian and be for abortion? Mm, yeah, I, I don't. But I'm not not trying to judge. I just don't understand it personally. Yeah. It's very um, yeah. I I was talking to I've seen you know uh, some years ago I was part of this uh, ministry that used to do. Um, it was a prison ministry, and the purpose of this was to uh, provide a program for women to. Rec- to recover from abortion, so mm. traumatic it was. Because when you choose abortion, you choose death. Yeah. You choose. You call upon yourself death. Yeah. And so it's murder. It w- yeah. It's murder. And you are a part of that. 
And so these women that really repented or, you know, they were, first of all, I would like to say that women are not happy to abort. They don't go there uh, lighthearted and right. skipping, you know, right. okay, I'm going to get an abortion. It's not, right. it's a condom, you know, it's right. not, it, they go there really thinking that they have no choice Right. when it's not There's true. no options. Exactly. There's no yeah. other option and they are trapped in this uh, with this pregnancy and they're going to carry and it's going to show when they may be already married to another guy and having a baby with another, or maybe the parents are pastors or, and so they, we were doing this abortion recovery program because the brokenness that abortion brings into a Mm. life of a woman and also in a life of a man, because there is a father too. Yeah. It's really bottomless. You know, it's so devastating. Abortion is so devastating. And well, it's devastating for the, the baby because he, we lose a life that yeah. has a purpose, you know, has a purpose. That could be a president, that could be an athlete, that could be a pastor, that could be an evangelist, that could be, you know, a market, a man that gives job to thousands of people. You lose that life. So yeah. there's no substitute. No. If abortion should be illegal, I believe. Mm-hmm. But since it, is, it should be illegal, and if we made it illegal, I also think that since that baby's going to be born, that... Whoever the the male is, right, the father, they should have to uh, contribute 50% to that child's life financially, Mm -hmm. support-wise, whatever that means. Like the law should change to where that it's not just the accountability on the the female, but the accountability falls on the, the father as well. Yeah, I agree with that 100. percent I'm not a mm-hmm. disagreeing with that. I sure. think I think that you should. They, it, the law mm-hmm. should actually state that so that it it so that guys can't just walk you know, away. Walk away. Yeah. because yeah. it does happen. Mm-hmm. And as 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 for the rape question goes, like it's horrible. I I hate to ever hear that anybody gets raped, but it's not that baby's fault. Yeah, it's not that baby's fault. Yeah, you cannot punish the baby. And something bad happens to you, it does not give you the right to go choose to do something bad to somebody else. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I, but I know I it's tough. I know, I, I know it's tough. I know, I know it's, it's a tough topic. Yeah. But I do agree with you too, you and know, on this. I had to think long about this, you mm. know, but I ended up, you know, thinking, yes, you cannot take it on somebody else that yeah. has no say into this. Right. And there is something else about abortion that women say, the, the body is, this is my body and mm-hmm. I do what I want with that. Sure. I'm a woman and I right. agree but, with this but sentence. When did, our, but, when did we stop having to be accountable to our choices? But it's also the say, that baby is not your body. You know, right. that, that baby has not, a different DNA. Right. It looks different. Your body just happens to be it, it carrying It might, might be even baby. a boy and you are a woman. I mean, it right. couldn't be more different from exactly. you. It's not an extension of your body, no. your son, your daughter. But th- we do, we it's treat our line. children, even older children, we treat them as an extension of us. Right. We still have the mentality that they belong to us. Mm-hmm. In, it, in, Italian, in Italy, we say, I created you, I uncreate you, <laughs> you know. I made you and I'm going to undo you because wow. like when a child right. misbehaves, I created you oh. and I am going to undo I you. I definitely yeah. remember my dad saying, I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. Son. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I know all about that. Yeah. But there is this, you know, it means that your son belongs to you. Mm. Your babe, the baby in your womb is you, mm. it, but has another heart, heart, yeah. another mind, mind on his own, spirit, a DNA, spirit, soul. everything, everything. Yeah. So yes, you're free to do whatever you want with your body, but that's not your body. Exactly. That's and on top body. of that, um, once again, we live in a time where people want to, as a general rule, take less and less accountability for their own choices. And the truth is, is that, you know, the, the argument with my mother-in-law was very much on the exceptions to the rule. And, I, and I'm not saying that, that that doesn't mean that. The medical, but, the rape, yeah. But it's always the extreme things. And the truth mm-hmm. is, is most abortions are not because of rape victims. They're not because of, of yeah. 
they're, most abortions are two consenting adults or, or minors um, choosing to, to do something, choosing to have sex, and then not wanting to follow through with what are the consequences of that action. Yeah. And that's the truth. Yeah, you cannot that's make a law abortions. for the, I don't know if it's 1% of medical, I don't know exactly the statistic, uh-huh. but you cannot make a law for the minority for of the, the one cases. Percenters. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah. that applies to it at the 100%. Right. So yeah, this is a big, big, issue you know big topic too you know to talk about but i'm so glad you brought it up yeah and we want to be uncensored when it comes to abortion you know we want to be radical you know in what we believe as christians and you're right when people identify as christians and they they say you know yeah but it's okay that's not the only thing you know it scares me that you know i feel like we are starting to become a society where instead of because here's the deal right uh knowledge is power education is power and if I had known, mm-hmm. like really known when I was a younger person about conception and the truth about uh, literally days after, weeks after, so on, how that baby's created, if I had really understood that, I don't think I would have been for abortion for as long as I was when I was a younger mm-hmm. person. We're not in school educating children yeah. about, okay, from the moment of conception, this is life. This is another human being. That has been created, and you know, think about it. Be just be logical about it. When when an egg hatches, right, and a chicken comes out, it's not a, a piece of scar tissue, and that you know, all of a sudden, weeks later, it's something else. It's a chicken. It's a yeah. chicken from day one. Then the egg hatches. It is a chicken. Yeah, no doubt. Always. Nobody doubts about doubts. Nobody that. doubts that. You know. But all of a sudden, you know, we can have abortions in our third trimester and four. Like it's this is it's getting scary. Yeah. It's getting really, really bad. And the ki- kids are not being educated. They're not being taught. They're, this is not being taught in school. Yeah. Uh, we're still teaching the food groups in school, the food pyramid. Yeah. And we all know that's a joke. <laughs> it's true. But I'm committed to teach my children about all these things. And we do talk that's about, good. though they are very young, we start talking. We don't go all the way to talk about um conception and uh, yeah. abortion but w- i told my daughter you know there are people that believe that a child can be killed in his mother womb what do you think about it yeah have you any any thought about i never heard that this disgusting mom what are you, you don't talk to me about these things it's <laughs> horrible <laughs> yeah you know it's yeah. a reaction Right. So, you know, oh my goodness, I like talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I like talking to you. We can go on forever. It's fun. <laughs> but okay, I think we got to close to the end. Mm, um, yeah. So, How long have we been going? Let me check. Let me check. 55 minutes. Um, you are the longest interview I've ever had here. Really? Not that I had many. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm also the first interview, guys. Yes. No, I'm, joking. I'm joking. joking. We had a few interviews, but you, we're still in the very beginning of the... I could, the, I could keep talking all night. I can tell, but you know what? We will have you again, though. Well, there you go. There <laughs> we'll you have go. You again. I, I would be honored. Seriously, yeah. I'd be honored. Um, yeah. I really appreciate you inviting me. Um, I think it's great what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there needs to be more things uncensored that are about God, teaching the world about Christianity, teaching mm-hmm. the world about Jesus. Um, the truth is, is we live in a world where kids are growing up thinking of Jesus like Santa Claus. Yeah, they like they they really do. They think they think he's a nice sentiment. People people live in this world like you know Jesus is a great story. Um, a lot of people are even like you know historically, he, I think he probably was around and he was a great wise teacher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many wise teachers do you know that could make the blind see? Yeah, that could raise the dead. Like this stuff happened. Yeah, it, it happened. happened, and it's still happening. 
every day. It's still happening. So every day. You know, this is why I, I I hope you know we can have good testimonies here of people that had the mm. limb grow back. Yeah. Eyes, yeah. people that were de were deaf and now they can hear mm. or were blind and now can see. Yeah. Because we want to bring this, you know, revival into the history of America. It today, needs it, you know. It needs it. Yeah. It needs it because um we want to be the voice of revival. Well, the new name, a voice I mean, of revival. The truth <laughs> is is he's gonna come back at some point and yeah. many are gonna not be ready. Yeah. Will he find faith on the earth when he comes back? You know, this is, you know, Jesus I believe, asked. I believe God loves us so much that I believe that at the moment of death, like let's say that we've lived a life that, uh, was not the best. And let's say that we've lived a life that even, uh, we denied him, right? We denied mm -hmm. him because he said we would, right? Um, I believe that he loves us so much that at the moment of death, I really believe he probably shows up and gives us one last opportunity. I heard some testimonies. I, I'm not, I cannot say in a biblical way, This, yeah. is, but I heard testimonies of people that Jesus rescued yeah. less, le, the last second, you know, yeah. because he's good. And he's faithful to those who are praying for you. Yeah. Those prayers of your mother, your grandmother, your parents that are praying for you, they're not going to go wasted. Do we have time for one last story? Quickly. All right. Um, my piano teacher's husband, died 10 years before she did. And I remember him going through his cancer. And I, I remember when it got really bad and it became a hospice situation. And I was still coming over at that time. She was still teaching lessons out of her house. I was a young man, young teenager. And um, he was in hospice. And the last two weeks before he died, he went into basically a coma where his body started shutting down. And in the last couple of weeks, he was not responsive. Okay, this is the last, this is it. He's fixing it up. This man did not know Christ until he got sick. And then he started reading the Bible. He started mm -hmm. taking his faith seriously. And he started searching because, I mean, I think that we all get serious about, well, if we kind of, of are facing death, um, it might be nice to know if there really is a God and there is eternal life and there's a way to it, you know? So he started reading the Bible and all that. And then the last couple of weeks, he was unresponsive. Yeah. The day that he died, my piano teacher and a hospice nurse was in the room. She was holding his hand. And for the last couple, like the last day or two, she'd been holding his hand as often as possible. And he, you know, just not responsive. But she was like, I love you. I, I know it's time for you to go. So you can go if you need to, all that kind of stuff. Right at that moment, when she said, you can go and I love you, he squeezed her hand. This was the first time he'd been responsive in two, three, like two weeks at least, nothing, coma. Squeezed her hand. He opened his eyes. <laughs> he looked at something on the ceiling and he said, open the gates, I'm coming in. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he took his last breath and he died right there in front of the hospice nurse open and, the gates, and his I'm wife. Coming in. That was his last words. He opened his eyes. <laughs> Two weeks, he had been in a coma. And he was dead. He, his he was body dead. was shutting down. His organs were shutting down. Wow. He was ready to go. The moment his wife, the love of his life, says, you can go now. He squeezes her okay, hand. Been dismissed. Opens his eyes. Looks at something that nobody else in the room could see. Says, open the gates. I'm coming in. Wow. And then he took his last breath wow. and died. Amazing. I'm glad you told the story. <laughs> I'm crying now. I've got goosebumps. I need goosebumps. to... Goosebumps. Wow. Goosebumps. Man, yeah. the God we serve. Mm -hmm. The God we call Father. That's how much he loves us. <laughs> yeah. 
Mr. Jeremy, thank you so much for being thank with you. us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for it. sharing all these stories. Thank yeah. you for sharing your, Absolutely. about your business, how yeah. your mentorship. And yeah. I hope yeah. you can come here again. And, oh, and, uh, and, and thank you for inviting me. And also thank you for, you know, one thing that we didn't talk about today on the podcast was how much Ellie serves uh, in these lives of so many kids who she's teaching how to sing. And they are little angels and they're singing like angels. And it's the coolest thing in the world to see. So uh, thank you so much for all that you do. <laughs> You're welcome. And yeah. uh, see you soon, everybody. Thank you for yeah. being with us. <laughs> Leave us a, a nice um, five-star review, if you would. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hit that like button. Yes. And don't forget, you need to live your life uncensored. Amen. See you soon. <laughs> Have a Take good day. care. Thanks.